1: Now, from Hollywood, Romance. The Romans celebrated it. The Greeks had a word for it. And on the college campuses of America, the word means madness. Spring. When sorority houses get raided, goldfish get swallowed... And even sedate bachelor professors have been known to goof. For anything, but anything can happen in a season sacred to the moon and to romance. So now with Vic Perrin as Professor Ellis Eberhardt, here is Les Crutchfield's delightful story, After All, It's Spring. 32 false, 33 true, 34 true, 35 false. Making six correct answers out of 35 questions. Grade, F. Come in.
2: Evening, Professor Eberhardt. Brought you some fresh linen. Mrs.
1: Merkley, Paradise Lost was William Shakespeare's greatest work, true or false?
2: False, anybody knows that. A half
1: dozen Putnam College freshmen don't seem to know it.
2: That picture he wrote for Lawrence Oliver was his best one.
1: You flunked, too.
2: Ain't you going to the spring sing, Professor Herbert?
1: No, I think I'll leave the spring sing to younger and heartier tonsils.
2: Everybody on the campus is over there. No doubt.
1: There's a full moon, moon, lunatic, lunacy. But
2: after all, it's spring. A
1: season which at my age I find singularly uninspiring.
2: Oh, go on with your age. I bet you ain't a day over 40.
1: I am 35, Mrs. Merkley.
2: Really? Now, who'd have thought that? <clears> then <throat> you sure ought to be out there kicking up your heels, young buck like you. It ain't too late. Why don't you phone up that blonde-haired psychology professor you're always going around with? Miss and...
1: Lane is not a professor. She's a fellow. Huh? She's a sensible, well-balanced young woman, and our association is purely an intellectual woman.
2: Oh, what a shame. Seven June weddings come out of that spring sing last year. I have
1: no doubt of it. It's
2: time you was married. Past time.
1: A little helpmate to share my problems. After she had created some, of course. You and...
2: need a nice wife. I do what I can, but a housekeeper ain't everything. I
1: find you entirely adequate, Mrs. Merkley.
2: There's lots of girls. Just jump at the chance.
1: I have no desire to be jumped at by girls. Mrs. Merkley, your more or less subtle attempts to shanghai me into wedded bliss are foredoomed to failure. I am safely past the age for mad passion, reckless romance, and the desperate pitching of woo.
2: A man ought to be married.
1: I am a bachelor by habit, inclination, and free choice, and I suggest you stop trying to entangle me in matrimony
2: such a pity. What's a pity? You. Good night, Professor.
1: Seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten more papers to grade. That shouldn't take more than... What? Well, this doesn't belong... Lover boy, don't you know I'm mad for you? Why don't you look at me once in a while? No one will notice. Come on, give a girl a break. Your own doll. But it's a note mixed in with the test papers. It's to me. It's a love letter. Good heavens. An unsolicited confession of passionate affection. Now, who could possibly... A student, of course. Some girl in my classes. But who? Amazing. Your own doll. To me. Lover boy.
0: Good morning, Ellis.
1: Good morning, Miss Lane. How are the old ego, id, and libido? What? Doesn't the commissary look bright and cheerful this morning?
0: I hadn't noticed it, frankly.
1: Yes, indeed. It's a bright new day, Miss Lane, a brand new world. You having the usual prof, grapefruit and toast? Why, yes. Uh, no, now I think I'll have some ham and eggs. You? And a side order of hotcakes with two pitchers of syrup. Okay. And hurry, starvation is imminent.
0: And so is indigestion. I thought you always claimed that sort of breakfast was more for the physical type of man.
1: Well, perhaps that's what I am. Down underneath, of course. Well... Um... I think sometimes we tend to over-intellectualize our lives, Miss Lane. We become dry and stuffy, old before our time. We need to breathe the gusty scent of raw emotion now and then.
0: You simply amaze me.
1: Miss Lane, have you ever considered what literature is really based on?
0: The striving of the soul to identify itself with the infinite. I believe you defined it once.
1: It's based on the primeval struggle of life. Not an
0: intellectual striving?
1: Raw emotion.
0: Oh, it's better psychology, but I'm not sure how it stands up as literary criticism.
1: Love is the basis of life, and of literature, too. The love of a man for a woman.
0: And vice versa, of course.
1: Naturally. Here's your heartburn, Prof. Uh, I'll have another order of hotcakes. Holy smoke. I've been giving some thought to love.
0: You have?
1: In fact, I sat up last night and drafted a lecture on the theme love through the ages lyric love letters in classical literature i'm going to try it out on the senior lit class attend
0: well that should be interesting i have that same group for psychology lab the following period
1: love love the motive force and the goal the problem and the solution the beginning and the end why i'm finding the subject fascinating
0: i've always thought you might like it if you ever broke the ice
1: and i'm going to plunge right on ahead Research. Expand the thesis. Develop the theme. Theoretically, you mean. Well, yes, of course. Who knows? I might even rearrange my life. Emotionally speaking, I'm not too old for love, Miss Lane. Not this morning, that's for sure. I beg your pardon?
0: Uh, your, your eggs are getting cold.
1: Oh. <clears throat> <I'll... clears throat> How do you think they'll take it, Miss Lane? The lecture, I mean.
0: In dumbfounded amazement. If I'm any judge of psychology. Tell me something, Ellis. Yes? Uh, You've always been the cool-minded exponent of intellectual detachment. And now suddenly this rampant plunging. What's come over you?
1: Nothing. Not necessarily, that is. A man can change. I've
0: begun to wonder.
1: He can realize there are different ways of looking at things. He doesn't have to have a reason, necessarily. After all, it's spring. (laughs) Spring. so we have seen how the same shining thread runs through the pages of literature from the time of Homer down to the present. The motivation of love, we encounter it anew at every turn. That same driving emotion for which Paris stole fair Helen, and in legend at least, thereby caused the launching of a thousand ships, has breathed life again and again into the heroes and heroines of fiction and still works its magic yet today in any latest novel you chance to open. And the messages of love, the confession of one's love to the beloved, ever changing with the modes and centuries, yet ever the same. The love letter, as old as language itself. Let me read you one such missive, a product of our own day and time. Yet I wonder if a brown-eyed maid of Athens would have expressed her affection much differently. Lover boy, don't you know I'm mad for you? Why don't you ever look at me? No one will notice. Come on, give a girl a break. Your own doll.
2: Uh, uh, Oh, the low-down trick. What? Uh, Professor
0: Everhart, you have the sensibilities of
1: a, a, a bull. A bull? Here now, Miss Sanford, wait. Miss Sanford. Well, what's wrong with her? What did I do? You want to know? What? Stacy? Stacy, wait. But... But I, I, I... Class dismissed. Good heavens. Now, why should that note cause her to blush and... Unless... She's the one. Of course she was embarrassed. She wrote it. Your own doll... Betty Sanford, the senior class beauty queen. Wow, I've got a woman crazy for me over on the other side of town. Oh, Amy Far, Solatido. Sell the
0: house. I'm only a lowly pledge who deserves the contempt of the entire human race. Who are you calling?
1: Uh, Miss Sanford, please.
0: Advance and be recognized.
1: Just tell her it's Lover Boy. Mm-hmm. Okay. I've got a woman. Oh, Amy <laughs> well. Far.
2: You're home early, Professor. Oh,
1: I'm just passing through, Mrs. Merkley. Stopped to make a phone call. A private phone call, by the way.
2: You got yourself a girl.
1: Ridiculous. This is merely a routine business call.
2: Then how come it's a private?
1: Mrs. Merkley, if you don't mind... All
2: right, I'll go. But you can't fool me, Professor. You're just too perky. Yes, sirree. You sure are perky. <laughs>
1: Sanford. Oh, I, I'm sorry
0: I'm late, Professor Eberhardt. Well,
1: oh, that's quite all right. I haven't been here long.
0: I, oh, would you look at that lake. Isn't it beautiful?
1: Yes, indeed. I was thinking myself that it had a special sort of brilliance today. Uh, there's a bench over here. Would you like to sit down?
0: I guess. I was uh, kind of surprised when you phoned and asked me to meet you, Professor Eberhardt. Ellis. Ellis?
1: That's my first name. Oh. Betty, I do want to apologize, humbly apologize, for reading that letter in class.
0: Well, I was pretty sore at first.
1: Of course, I had no idea that you were the one who'd written it.
0: Yes, I figured that out later. And if I hadn't blown my top, no one else would have known either.
1: I still feel deeply guilty. There was simply no excuse for making a classroom exhibit out of a thing that, well, that ought to be regarded as a sacred communique of feeling between the two persons involved.
0: Oh, that's all right.